We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What is going on, everybody? Happy holidays. Welcome to Strike and Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Indeed and Bet Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. Joining me tonight is my co host, someone who might be just as big of a Halloween slash Michael Myers fan as I am, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker. What's up, bro? Yeah, man, just over here with you, kind of just uh, talking about our obsession with Michael Myers. <laughs> it's so random to talk about during Christmas, too. But Right. I, I feel yeah. like, there's, but you know what, though? Like, I feel like it's always, you know, Michael Myers time. Like, I've been kind of, yeah, I guess it's an obsession because I'm I'm terrified of dude. And now that I'm older and I have a gun and stuff, it's like, it's kind of like whatever now, I guess. Like, if I see him, but then it's like, I'm scared because... I know I've seen him get shot 
and it doesn't kill him. It don't even like it slows him down just a little bit, but then he like still ends up. He's so possessed. Okay, let me start over. The reason <laughs> I'm so terrified of this dude is because I feel like he's a real person. Like in the way the character that he is, like on the show, he's just a possessed. He's just possessed. Like that's it. So when I look at him, I don't look at him like some fake character, like uh, Freddy Krueger or Jason. Like I was never scared of those people. I've always been scared of Michael Myers because to me, he's a normal person. He's just, he's just a demon. And the fact that you can't kill him because he's on this like mission to terrorize his family and find his sister and all that. I just, I don't know, man. I've always been like really fascinated with the storyline. I've seen every single second of every Halloween movie. Um, I just think they're kind of amazing. But in, until you talked about it, I, I just thought that uh, I was alone with this like fascination. <laughs> Well, and, and so here's what happened with me, and here's how this ties into Croc and I. So for my birthday, which was in November, which is November 5th, so it's shortly after Halloween, and my birthday parties growing up, we used to always do something for Halloween um, rather than on my birthday because they were only a week apart, you know, October 31st, November 5th. So my birthday, used to, we used to always have that party on Halloween. So I was always doing scary stuff for my birthday, and me and my brother, we came to really, really like the Halloween franchise, Michael Myers, for all the same reasons you were just talking about. He just always seemed like the most realistic of all the main horror villains and something that was relatable and something that I literally would make me close my blinds at night because I didn't know if Michael Myers was standing out there looking at me. So I always always gravitated towards him. Well, for my birthday this year, um, you know, just a few months ago, my little brother got me a Michael Myers mask. And it's a decent Michael Myers mask. It's actually one of the better ones you can get that's like mass produced. And one day I was looking at it and I was like, I wonder if like I could do things, you know, as an art teacher, somebody who knows how to do that kind of stuff. I was like, I wonder if there's things I could do to this mask to make it better and make it a little more realistic. So I started doing some Google online and I Google online. I sound like an 80 year old man right now. Um, (laughs) I, 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 I discovered this whole community that revolves around Michael Myers masks. And there's guys out there that have created their own mold that are like really good artists that paint the masks up to look exactly how it looked in certain scenes of certain movies. And it's just this, this whole thing. And there's a lot of money in it. People throw around like, like thousand dollar bills to get the exact mask that they want done by the exact artist. And, it was a trip, and I and I look a lot. I was looking at a lot of them, and I'm like, man, like I can do that. Like, and I, and I found out exactly the steps people take with my exact mask to make it look that much more convincing. And I was like, man, I could I could do this stuff. So just recently, I just finished it up a couple couple days ago. I did everything. I uh, I ripped the hair out. I repainted the whole thing. Like, because the if you don't know this, and obviously this is way off off topic, but Um, the Michael Myers mask was created from, from, um, Captain Kirk, the original Captain Kirk. What's his name again? Um, the guy who played the original Captain Kirk. Why can I not remember it? I say it all the time. Um, I've got it right in front of me. Why am I not seeing it? 
what's the William Shatner? There you go. So it was just a basic mask of William Shatner, skin tone, blondish hair and everything. But what they did is they ripped off like the eyebrows, the sideburns. They painted the hair a little bit more black and then they painted the mask white. And that was Michael Myers. That was it. That's wow. how they created his mask. And so like, you know, when I made my mask, I, I it's white, but I kind of like, ripped the hair off. Then I painted the whole thing skin tone. And then I painted the white over the top of it, like purposely missing some spots, kind of how the original one was. Wait, 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 added... wait, 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 wait. So, and I'm looking at it now. So Michael Myers mask is, 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 is this Captain Kirk, Kirk from Captain Star Kirk. Trek. So yeah. he's basically like, Oh, I'm going to go to the Halloween store. I want to be, I want to be Captain Kirk for Halloween. And you get that mask. And that's yeah. what Michael Myers is wearing. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that. All right. Yeah. It's Star Trek, <laughs> Captain Kirk. You can look up, like, if you search Kirk Myers mask, there's no, even, seen, like. I've seen it now. I can see it right now. Yeah. There's pictures of what the original mask looked like and what Michael Myers mask looked like. And since it was such a low budget project, they they took that mask. They cut the eye holes a little bit bigger to make them a little more scary. And then they they painted the hair a little bit darker, and then they painted the mask white, and that was it. And and you know throughout making the movie, the mask became worn and and in certain certain areas, and you know from like rubbing up against things, there was some contouring and and you know shade shadowing that happened, um, and all of this stuff. There are so many artists out there that put in all this effort to make the mask look exactly how it looked in the movie, and. I just did mine for the first time. And obviously I've sent you pictures of it, Crocker. Now that I know. Yeah. And it looks really, really good. And I've already, I I posted pictures of it online. I've already had people hit me up that are like, Hey, can you do my mask? Can I send you my mask? Can you do that? You know, and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's this whole crazy ass community of people that are, you know, obsessed with, with Halloween and, or Michael Myers mask or whatever. And it's just been totally random. And, but it's been fun though. Cause I, one of the things I've I've been mad at myself about over the years is like, you know, I got an art degree. I'm an art teacher, but I never do anything myself. Like I never do anything artistic other than right, what I do with my students. And, and, right. You know, do assignments and stuff like that, but you don't actually get to. No. And this is the first any artistic anything I've done in forever. And it came out like really good. So I'm kind of excited about it. Well, you created my business logo. That counts, right? But it does. That does. That does. You're tr- you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I, I actually have it. I'm, I'm so my little brother got me that mask for my birthday, and I'm actually giving it back to him in a couple days in Christmas because he likes Michael Myers just as much as I do. But I took the same mask that he gave me, and I completely redid it, and I'm going to give it back to him and be like, "Hey, this is the same mask that you gave me. You know, enjoy it." And he's gonna he's gonna lose his shit. Yeah. Well, so what we have to find out is. Are there any other like you know fans out there that are obsessed with Michael Myers like we are? Yeah, to, you like, gotta hear like a story, Twitter. right? Like like I like I told my story about how you know I was always terrified of him, but it was like it's like a roller coaster, right? Like like you're scared of the roller co- coaster, but you still have to like but you love it, get on it for the thrill of it, and you're like excited, and that's how it is with Michael Myers. Like I've always been so scared of Michael Myers, but I have to watch every single movie. Every single Halloween that comes out because I'm it's like I'm terrified, but you know, the thrill of it. So um there was one Halloween H2O, right? Well uh, yeah. H2O when he got his head chopped off. Yes. 
And well, if you if, if you hit us up and complain about spoilers, this shit's been out for like twenty years. So chill out. Like if you haven't, <laughs> right. if you haven't seen it, don't come at us because we just spoiled something. Go watch yeah. the movie. So he so he, in 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 this particular one, he got his head chopped off, right? And it was the one way. Oh, Kuja, you guys probably saw that one, right? So I'm like, hell yeah, like he's dead. Like I don't have to be scared anymore because I used to think I was gonna like. <laughs> look outside of my window and see him walking by. Like, like that's how scared I am. I'm mean, talking about when I'm in high school and everything, like I was scared. Um, so I'm thinking like, oh, I'm gonna see him walking by and stuff, I'm scared. Well, anyways, in this episode, like, I mean, in this movie, he gets his head chopped off. So I'm thinking like, like he's done. Like all my fears are over with. And then like a year or two later or however long, I, you know, it's been like a long time. So I don't know how long in between. I'm sitting there, I'm in my room. And next thing I hear, I'm like, no, he's back. He's still alive. And then they showed what happened at, at the end of that movie. And he uh, he switched bodies with, he, he switched body. He put somebody in his outfit and his sister chopped and his head off, chopped, chopped off the other guy's head. Um, but anyways, yeah, you guys have to watch it. I mean, you guys probably have seen it already, but uh, that's just kind of one of my stories. But you guys got to share some Halloween stories, man. Like if any thing scares you or traumatized or even with the newer ones, the Rob Zombie ones and you know, whatever. Um, they're they've a lot of them have been very interesting. So yeah. That that's what always scared me about the the original Halloween is because that's the most grounded one where it's kind of the most, I guess you could say out of all of them, that's the one that's like the most realistic. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was at like a, a family friend's house. And, uh, you know, it was like a, an adult party where the kids are kind of just chilling in yeah. the rooms and the adults are out there doing their thing. And it was like right before Halloween. And I put on, you know, this movie named Halloween was coming on. I saw it on the program. <laughs> we used to have to check the TV guide yeah. to see what was coming on. And I saw it. I was like, man, let's just watch this. It's called Halloween. And I remember hearing that music for the first time and watching the whole movie, not realizing that I was watching one of the most like revered horror movies of all time. And like, I'm like, like a 14, 15 year old kid just looking at this, like, holy shit, this is terrifying. What the hell is going on? And the whole movie's made in a way like where you're like, this shit could happen to anybody. Like it, the Michael Myers doesn't do anything in that whole movie until the very, very, very end when he gets shot and, and survives. But it's like the whole movie is 100% believable. That's one when he got shot like off the balcony, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's the first one. And the whole movie is just 100% believable. And he's never runs. He never says anything. He just like does his thing and he stalks people and you can see him in the background and, you know, it's just it's just scary shit. And I, I, ever since then, I, I, that was it. I was hooked. That was yeah. it. There was another one. Which, which, uh, oh, okay. So Rob Zombie. The one thing I thought was like a little weird with the Rob Zombie ones. There was one scene where he was like outside of like like a bar or something like that. And he's and he like started stomping dude out and like killed him. But like he was making noises. And I'm like, Michael Myers doesn't make noises. Yeah, he, he was, was like stomping. making grunts and stuff. Like. <laughs> <sighs> like and I'm like, what? Michael Myers doesn't make noises. This shit is hella fake. <laughs> yeah, the Rob Zombie movies were just okay. Like they were like entertaining, like worth watching. But I was never really all that into them. It was just to me, it just seemed like I'm like, this isn't this isn't Michael Myers. This is just some other. It's a poser. Yeah. So he was scary though, and he was and he and he was like you know he was like really really aggressive. But at the same time, I was like, this just doesn't have the same feel. You know, yeah, like, but that, the, the most recent one um, that they just made, I, I really enjoyed that one. Went to the theaters to see it and everything. 
Yeah, me too. I yeah, I did enjoy that one too because one, it was it's just like it made everything seem real because like you know there was like post traumatic stress involved and like her family had become like a wreck because she wasn't able to get over what happened when she was a teenager and you know it's just I just thought it was really cool and they just kind of humanized it a little bit so I liked it a lot too. I liked it a lot too. Anyways, should we should we talk about Forty Nine er stuff? I know these Forty Nine ers. I know. I know. No, we need to humanize these players that want to go out there and play football and not be put on the bench because somebody's like, oh, excuse me. Never mind. I'm not going to do that again. We did that. <laughs> we did that last one. We did that. Last. But today, hey, today is the mailbag episode. And since tomorrow is Christmas Eve for us, we're not going to record an episode on Christmas Eve. We don't want Saturday. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I've mentioned it. I, I don't remember you mentioning it. And I did not know it until I was like, wait a minute. What the? Well, I was looking at the line. Well, that's that's my bad then, because I've, if I'm not taking care of you and making sure you know what I know, then I'm just a shit partner. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so today's our today's our mailbag episode, and since we're not going to record tomorrow, we're not gonna we're not gonna make anybody else in the Blue Wire Network edit our episode on either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. That's not an option. So we're going to, today we're going to combine our mailback episode with, you know, we'll talk Cardinals a little bit. There's obviously nothing we, we can really tell you guys about the Cardinals that you don't kind of already know. Um, obviously, every 49ers fan is familiar familiar with their division opponents. But we'll talk Cardinals, and then we'll, uh, then we'll call it until uh, Saturday evening when uh, in our reaction to the 49ers and Cardinals game. So let's just... You ready, man? You want to jump into this mailbag? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, let's just jump in. All right, let me see three hours. I'm trying to judge who, like, I'm trying to see who left comments first, but it don't matter. We're going to get to them all. All right, Zach Rowan, okay? I Zach hit me up and told me I pronounced his name right. I think I just pronounced it right again. Rowan, I'm hoping so, because um, he complimented me on that. So if I just took that compliment and threw it in the trash and then proceeded to screw up his name, then that would just be horrible. But his first question is, will the Striking Gold podcast eventually become a video podcast? Well, I don't know. We, we did that one, and it was cool. You know, I, I, I would like to think, that, no, we're not going to become a video podcast, but we could probably do the video stuff more often. I don't know, man. Yeah. So what do you think? I, I mean, I, I liked, I liked doing the video one. I thought, you know, it was great with the, you know, interaction, and everything like that. I think, I think maybe like, I mean, we have all these different episodes. I do think like once a week we we can go live. You know, and it kind of seems like the natural fit to do the video episode on during the mailbag days. You know, because we're going to be answering questions from. People in the chat, and we have the questions that are always asked let's to us on that. Twitter. Let's do that. So we don't. So let's not ask questions. Let's just say we'll have a live mailbag segment, and we'll just do that once a week. Right. As long as people come in and ask questions, if they don't, then we're going to be like, "Oh, uh, how's everybody doing out there? What's up? What's, what's your guys doing?" <laughs> All right. Let's keep it rolling. So yeah, I think I think that's a I think it's a good question, Zach. I think you're you're pushing us in the right direction here. Um, his second question. Does Kyle Shanahan's system limit what the quarterback is allowed to do, and does that hurt the offense? In 2017, before learning the playbook, Jimmy was a playmaker. After learning it, he turned into a simple game manager. Um, I'm I'm not necessarily sure that I can attribute that to because even in 
people, and we've talked about this before, Crocker and I, people look at those five game stretch as like it was some sort of like, like, like we saw a brief glimpse of the 49ers version of Patrick Mahomes or something. When, sorry, that's my telephone back there. When, <laughs> if you like The Office, you'll recognize the tone. When, in reality, if you go back and watch that five game stretch, it was very Jimmy Garoppolo esque. Like he still threw picks and. The 49ers didn't score a shit ton of points unless they did against the the Jaguars, I believe. But, you know, there was there was one game I think they won against the Titans where I don't think the 49ers even scored a field goal or excuse me, a touchdown. No, that was the Bears game. Okay, yeah. Okay, got it. Gotcha. gotcha. So and then, you know, there I I do feel like that five game segment when Jimmy Garoppolo first showed up was pretty close to what we saw in 2019. I I. Don't I mean I just I think that's kind of been immortalized because like Jimmy Garoppolo walked in the building and the 49ers won five games. You know, I, yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't think it was that much different than what we saw in 2019. And I don't necessarily think what we saw in 2019 was always a any a, like a game manager. I think there were a few of those games that Jimmy Garoppolo put it on him and won the game. It's just well, probably overall that's you know, what do you think, man? Well, I I don't okay. I don't think that Jimmy is a game manager by nature. Um, I think I think in his heart he's a he's a gunslinger a little bit, right? Um, I think Kyle has had to tone some things back, um, kind of understanding what Jimmy's uh, kind of skill set is, and you know what he's kind of best at, and he's kind of tapered back on certain things. But I, I think as far as Jimmy, like. I don't look at like his throws and the things that he tries to do and say like, oh man, that's that's Alex Smith. Like, oh Alex Smith to me, that's the ultimate game manager. And ultimately, like all games are all quarterbacks are game managers, right? Like they have to manage the game and they have to play to the situation. Um, but I think even more so with Jimmy, it's it's even clearer. And we saw that several times, you know, last year. And I think even year one, uh, the I think the difference between 2017 was Carlos Hyde wasn't really running very well, you know, so a little bit more had to kind of go on Jimmy's shoulders to kind of keep the 49ers in games. But even then it wasn't like just some super explosive offense or anything like that. It was still kind of dinking and dunking uh, downfield. He was just really consistent with how well, you know, he played. So, uh, or I wouldn't even say how well or really consistent. I'll just say he did, a good job of keeping drives alive and the 49ers scoring points. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he's kind of reverted to being a game manager. I, I just think Kyle understands his skill set and has kind of toned back on things a little bit. Yeah. And I think that there's probably a version of Kyle Shanahan's system. That's just like waiting to be unleashed, you know, like, and we kind of saw that with, in, in, with the Falcons, you had Matt Ryan, you had Julio Jones, you had Muhammad Sanu, uh, and you had two vicious running backs at the time in Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. So I don't think that Kyle Shanahan's system will limit what a quarterback is allowed to do because Matt Ryan, I think won the MVP that year. So it's it could it could definitely shine with with the correct QB. I just think what Kyle Shanahan, like Croc just said, Kyle Shanahan's kind of had to throttle back on his own system to try and you know acclimate to what Jimmy can and cannot do. Right. So you know that's I, I think that Kyle Shanahan. I think that a lot of people would tell you that that know football way more than me. A Kyle Shanahan system is probably as good as it gets for a quarterback, but 
you know, you might struggle with it if you're not, if you're not, if you're not down, you know, if you're not the one. Right. So moving on, we've got AA Ron at burn unit. Another, another strong fan of the striking gold podcast, a regular in the comment section. I know he's listening right now. With the salary cap likely dropping, are we overlooking the fact that other teams will be dealing with a lower cap as well? This could cause some veteran prices to drop, allowing the Niners to re-sign signed players. I'd imagine the most teams will be having the same issues. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that I think that the entire NFL is going to have problems with the salary cap, but I think that in my in my opinion, it, I don't necessarily think it's going to lead to cheaper necessarily contracts but i think that for most teams like i don't know most teams there's other teams out there with plenty of salary cap let's just keep it on the 49ers the 49ers are going to struggle to re-sign the people that they already have on the roster let alone whoever gets you know surprise cuts and stuff like that there's like a select few people that the 49ers want to re- want to remain on their roster and with the salary cap dropping if like it does or if it does that's going to be a challenge in and of itself. I don't know if the 49ers are going to be able to take advantage of maybe cheaper deals on the open market just because of the position they're in, but that could be a thing. I don't know what do you what do you think there, Croc? Yeah, I think that is one thing that we always forget about, right? We think that like everybody's just gonna want the 49ers players, which obviously like can be the case for sure. But um, you know, every year we kind of dealt with like in preseason, especially over the last couple of years, like, oh man, we can't we can't let Jeff Wilson hit, you know, we can't cut him after preseason, like somebody's gonna want him, and then they cut him, and then they're just like, Oh, nobody claimed him, let's sign him back to practice squad. Same thing happened with uh Jamichael Hasty, right? Like Oh, Jamichael Hasty, they're gonna get him. And more times than not, it's like teams like teams are like, nah, like I have my guy that we like and we want to bring back. So um I think there will be a scenario where some guys don't maybe get the contracts that they think that they're gonna get. And maybe it will kind of, you know, bring the cost down. Um that happened with with Jimmy Ward a couple years ago, right? Where the 49ers gave him that one year five million dollar contract. And there were teams that offered him contracts. Um, there were multiple teams that offered him contracts. There were some teams that even offered him a little bit more than what the 49ers were offering, but he felt like it was more beneficial to stay in the defense that he understands and stay with players that understand him. Uh, so he ended up staying with the 49ers and then obviously like played extremely well and they re-signed him to a, a, a healthier contract for him. I think that can be the case for some of these guys that are free agents. Um, Jason Verrett. Right. Where it's like, man, like I understand what the 49ers want from me. Uh, you know, it'd be easier for me to like stay here. And maybe if it's a you know, even if it's like a million or two less, he might just say, you know what, it's just more worth it to play somewhere where I, I understand the defense and know what they want from me. But I mean, you never know. You never know. Um, we'll, we'll see. But definitely, I think the cap definitely will have some uh, some it, some guys aren't going to get the contract that they think they will. Right. Yeah, I, there's going to be a lot of guys being asked by their teams to take less than any a normal circumstance. And it's going to be, like you mentioned, Aaron, it's it's going to be happening throughout the league, you know, with everybody's salary cap taking a dip and, you know, plans kind of being flipped on their heads. I think that kind of situation is going to be happening uh, at a lot of places. And I think some guys are going to be like, sure, some guys are going to hit the open market. And, you know, there may be, 
a bigger free agent market than there usually is just because teams are having to release players that in a better circumstance they wouldn't have released. So could get interesting. Uh, Jeffrey K. Lyles at Lyles Movie Files. Since Niner drafts rarely go the way I expect, exception of Bosa, who or what position would be an okay to good choice if we don't get a shiny new quarterback in the first round? So, Crocker, if the 49ers can't go quarterback, let's just say they stand pat at 10 to 12, whatever it ends up being, uh, what do you want them to do? Uh, Yeah, okay, so can't get quarterback. And hypothetically speaking, the top guys that I really like are off the board, which is um, you know, the top four, right? Um, well, I think there's this guy, Desmond Ritter, who I believe right now will be their second round. Now, again, it's really early. Like, really, the draft season hasn't even truly started, only for us, like, guys that root for sorry teams. But once the, once the draft season starts – and even the guy like Ritter, I don't even know if he's going to be like coming out yet. You know, he's only a, he's a redshirt sophomore, I believe, so he doesn't have to come out. But um, once once everything starts happening, you'll get more of a feel of where guys will go. So like like DK Metcalf, I remember thinking like this dude's going top five, and then right. by draft time, I just remember thinking, I don't think he's going first round, even though I felt like he should, you know, and I was really big on that. Like this dude needs to be going first round, but you can just get a certain feel, a certain vibe. And I think with Ritter, we'll see as of right now, I definitely think he's a day two guy, but that's somebody where, you know, if you do go the route of, Hey, I just want to, you know, let's just keep building the roster around Jimmy with a high first round pick and maybe get an offensive lineman or a cornerback or whatever. But second round is like, you know what? Let's go get a quarterback where, hey, we didn't invest a whole lot in him, so we're not tied to him for, you know, four years, five years or whatever. But we like his talent and what maybe he can be. And if Jimmy goes down, we have a more talented backup um, and a guy who can potentially be a long-term starter. So uh, we've seen that uh, in recent years, if you guys kind of remember a few years, quite a few years back now. But uh, Derek Carr, who was a a second-round draft pick, um, and the Raiders started off terribly that season. And I want to say their quarterback was maybe Matt Schaub. Schaub got hurt like middle of the year. Carr took over and he's been the quarterback ever since and earned the second, second and maybe third contract, but he earned the second contract for sure. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, second round pick, sat behind Brady for a long time, ended up earning a long, you know, a big contract. So, you know, you just, that, that, that's a more ideal situation, but, uh, yeah, that's somebody I like second round. Desmond, well, Desmond Ritter. Well, who, who let's say the 49ers didn't go quarterback at all and, and ended up going a completely different direction, which is kind of what he's saying. Like, let's say the, the 49ers don't do what we think they should do. Well, if they don't go quarter, quarterback at all, what do you what would you like to see them do? Uh, I would like to see them go cornerback. You know, I think that there, there are guys at the top um, this year, cornerback, that I think will be a lot highly coveted. Again, haven't seen the combine, haven't seen any of that, how they <clears> – <throat> how they move, you know, in t-shirts and shorts and things like that, where, you know, I take a little bit uh, of that into consideration. How, you know, how well do they run? Does it match what we're seeing on film and all that? But there are guys, there's uh, Farley from Virginia Tech, there's Sertain from Alabama, there's Horn from South Carolina. I think those three guys, I think, you know, a lot of people think that Farley is going to go like top 10, him and maybe Sertain. So, um, you know, those are guys that are kind of viewed highly, uh, and, you know, obviously Horn good too. 
So I, I definitely would probably take one of those cornerbacks. Um, or I think there's a there's an offensive lineman named Slater that is a tackle. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah actually has him as his number one tackle right now. Uh, most everybody else has their kid from Oregon. But what I saw in my mentions was the NFL, from what Twitter is telling me right now, thinks that the Slater guy is a guard and not a tackle. So Daniel Jeremiah has him as his number one tackle. Other people are saying he's more of a guard. Either way, guard or tackle, that's, uh, you know, especially if he's a guard, that's a position the 49ers can drastically upgrade at, right? Like that's been a big issue, that right guard position. So maybe that's right, something yeah. I can look into. And would I take a right guard over a corner? Uh, I would have to see how I have them on my board. And I would have to see what corners I expect to be there kind of second round. Yeah, and I think I think free agency would probably make that decision a little easier for you too. Like if, if the 49ers did nothing in regards to the offensive line um, or, you know, but then maybe they re-signed Jason Verrett and kept Emmanuel Mosley, then maybe you feel a little better about going offensive line. But again, those guys aren't necessarily – a replacement for getting a, you know, corner taken in the top 15. So, um, but just maybe, you know, obviously free agency would, would affect that a little bit. Right. Um, okay. Before we carry on to the next question, so let's get a quick word in from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Stick around. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. The offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back. It's in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Do not forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE. It's all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay. We're moving on. With our with our striking gold mailbag, Alfonso Valdez at Gonzo Seven V, put on your GM hats. Our GM hats are always on, bro. 
They're always on. Always. What roster moves do you make? Who are you bringing back? And who are you drafting? Also, Merry Christmas. Okay. So we've kind of talked about who we would bring back. Let me let me pop. I did open up the over the cap because I, I just figured we might need it. So let me let me get up in here real quick. Okay, so here I'm just gonna go through the the primary. I'm gonna separate them by snap percentage. So guys that played a lot. So we got Trent Williams, Jason Verrett, Kerry Hyder, Kendrick Bourne, Nick Mullins, Manuel Mosley, Ross Dwelly, Jaquis Guitar, Kyle Uschek, Dion Jordans, DJ Jones, Richard Sherman, Jarek McKinnon, Ben Garland, Marcel Harris, Dante Johnson, Kwan Williams, Jordan Reed, Jamar Taylor, uh, Tabor Pepper, Jeff Wilson, Ronis Crossy, Akello Witherspoon. Okay. I think we've got basically got most names. So the if I'm going to pick, I'll, I'll pick three guys, and then Crocky can pick three guys. We'll probably have the same answer. But if I'm only allowed to pick three guys, let's just say three guys on that list. I'm going to go Trent Williams, obviously. I'm going to go K1 Williams, nickel corner, Trent Williams, left tackle. And then my third from that list, I'm going to go with Kerry Hyder. <laughs> and, and, and I will say asterisk. Emmanuel Mosley is a restricted free agent, so they could bring him back as well relatively easy at a pretty low cost. So, Crocker, what are you thinking? Exact same. I swear, exact same. I was trying to figure out, is there a way like I can kind of like show my my that I had that same answer, you know, ahead of time. But um, nah, definitely, man, like definitely. <laughs> those those guys, those those three, I think you have to, you know, their left tackle spot. Um, you definitely want to shore that up, especially, yeah, offensive line. You got them. You know, just have them for the next three years, whatever the case is. Uh, I think that's a must sign. Then Kawan Williams, he's just so good at doing his job. Obviously, you would like him to, you know, stay a little healthier than what he's kind of been. Um, I feel like every year he misses some games, but he's such a good nickel. Uh, I feel like the 49ers are definitely better with when he's on the field than when he's off the field. And, uh yeah, definitely got to bring him back. And then Kerry Hyder. I mean, somebody who doesn't have Nick Bosa, um, ha- you know, is playing with like, you know, a rookie, uh, Ken Law, and obviously Armstead, but leading the team in sacks, seven and a half sacks right now, or eight, sa- excuse me, eight sacks, whatever he has. Like, that's really good production. And I can only imagine, like, I'm not saying he needs to come back and just be the guy, right? I'm not saying he has to be the starter or anything like that, but I think he definitely, uh, you know, deserves a shot as at the bare minimum, a rotation player. And um, like, I mean, that type of production, man, that's just really good, especially not having a guy like Bosa on the line. So he's somebody I definitely, definitely, definitely would definitely bring back. I don't know how many times I can say definitely, but yeah, definitely bring them back. Right. And then if you're, if you have more room to work after that, then, you know, I would like to see them keep around Kendrick Bourne. Um, I didn't, you know, actually, before I even get to Kendrick Bourne, I would I would put just right behind Kerry Hyder, I would put Kyle Juszczyk. Um, I think he, he is. He asked for three names, and you gave him three names. Yeah. No, he didn't ask for three names. I just said, I'll give you three names. Oh, never mind. All right, I take that back. Sorry. Shut the hell up, man. Just all right, chill, all right? <laughs> uh, but he also <laughs> said, who you who you drafting? So, I think, uh, are we both 100% trade up for a quarterback? If if the opportunity is there, is that what you're doing? Man, uh, is that your I number am, one choice? 
Oh, 100%. Because, like I said, like, I feel like you can bring those guys back and still kind of have, like, you, they'll probably use a lot of your cap space, but bring those guys back and I think you still have a really good team. I'm I'm giving up the house. What I got to give up to go? And like you said, I mean, you brought it up on the last pod. I talked about it a little bit today in my rant on Twitter. I'm joining up to number two. I'm not I'm not leaving it in the hands of anybody else trying to figure out, you know, what guys are going to do. I wanted to be like, you know what? I'm either getting Trevor Lawrence or I'm getting my guy at the two spot. And most likely it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. So my guy who, man, I'm just falling more and more in love with him every time I watch him. But... Zach Wilson. And I, I was really trying to fight the hype train. Um, obviously, I knew he was good, and I watched him, and I've been watching every game. Uh, he just does some things, man, that it's just like, it's really hard not to like it. And I, I could just see him fitting in so well with the offense and really taking it to the next level. So, um, obviously, everything is a projection with any rookie. But I like, you know, when you're just looking at the fit and his skill set, I really like the way that that would look with the 49ers. So, I'm willing to move up to number two to make sure that I get that guy. Right. And, and you know, the Jets at number two, if if, if they uh, – and I have seen this tweeted quite a few times, and, and Crocker's brought it up on his own uh, – just based on his own geniusness. Um, you know, maybe – especially with what they've seen may, with some sand from Sam Darnold lately, maybe they think – maybe they start buying into the idea of, hey, if we get a solid head coach in here – Maybe Sam Darnold is who we thought he was coming out of college. Adam Gase just sucks that much. Let's get a new college coach in here who who has a good offensive acumen, um, or at least has a good coordinator that can do that. And and let's ride with Sam Darnold. And then so in that case, you have another person that's within the top three, or you know in this case probably two that is willing to trade back. And if the 49ers are going to want to get the Jets to go all the way back to like number 10 to 12, somewhere in there, they're going to have to give up a lot. And I, you know, you asked who I'm drafting. I'm doing the same thing Croc just talked about. And they're almost, obviously there's there's a limit to everything, but there's almost no price that the Jets could ask for that I wouldn't be willing to seriously consider. Because I just, and, and what I like about the move, what I like about going that direction is that if they decided to do that, it shows conviction. Like, look, we have identified that this is the guy and we are going to go get him. And if it doesn't work, fire us all. But we are willing to let it ride on this. You know, it you can't shows. let it ride on trusting Jimmy Garoppolo. And not even just so much on with the on-field stuff, just the fact that, that you know, and I think I said on the pod yesterday, but I'm going to say it again today. Since Garoppolo has taken over for, as a starting quarterback of the 49ers, they have lost more games than they've won. And that's because he's missed so many games. And clearly 49ers can win with him on the field. But they've missed so many. And Kyle Shanahan and those guys, you know, they're going on year five. Like, this is not year one, year two. You got to solidify that position. And I don't think you can count or put all your eggs in the basket of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it needs to be one of those situations that we saw, obviously, with, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and and the Chiefs, but even, like, a Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees back in the day where it's like, you know what, we're going to use a top pick on this young guy. We'll see what we have in our starter, um, which, you know, at that time was Drew Brees, but for the 49ers is Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, they will just trade you, worst-case scenario, but or best-case scenario, whatever the case is, if he ends up doing well. But I think he kind of is who we think he is. 
and you you can't you can't count on them. And if I'm if I'm them going into year five and I'm still kind of questioning that position, hell no, nah, man. There's no way. Right, and I, I just like it. it it's risky. Uh, obviously, there's always the risk that a player doesn't work out, but I just love that it shows um, a, a, a conviction about where they want to go with the team from here. Like whether or not they're keeping Jimmy G or not, I, I want to see where they're going to go from here, and that just represents. Because to me, I would if they told me if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch told me that they had every bit of confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo right now, I'd kind of think they were bullshit. You know, like it's not that I think Jimmy Garoppolo can't do it. I think the 49ers could go back to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't think that the Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have an unlimited amount of confidence in him. I feel like they know that they can upgrade. And I feel like that they know that there's upgrades available. It's just going to take, you know, the cojones. So we'll yeah. see. And we'll again, see. We've, we've talked about it before, but they have not been shy about moving up and making aggressive picks um, for, you know, guys that they want or what they feel will help the team. Um, and one other thing I kind of want to talk about with the Jets too is, you know, you kind of touched on like a new regime and stuff like that. But I, I also think this too. I, I think, and I, this kind of been my th- thinking the whole time, really. I felt like if they did not have the number one pick, they would, they would they would not take a quarterback. And my reasoning behind that is Trevor Lawrence is just somebody who, regardless of who you have at quarterback, if if he's not, if he's not, if you're not 100 percent sold on him, you have to take Trevor Lawrence if you're not 100 percent sold on your quarterback. Now, if it's anybody else, right, I feel like the Jets, there will be just as many questions about Zach Wilson on that team as there will be Sam Darnold. Because Sam Darnold, like like Zach Wilson, you see the talent, right? You see the talent with Sam Darnold. It's just about putting it together. And maybe if you put him in a better situation, new coach or something that maybe gives him some confidence, whatever the case is, you, you know, you know that there's still some type of hope. You've seen enough to know there is some kind of hope to where, man, do we want to take somebody like Zach Wilson and really just kind of end up dealing with the same type of stuff as we're going through with Sam Darnold. And so that was kind of always my thinking that I don't see the Jets taking quarterback. I just don't, I, unless it's unless it's Trevor Lawrence, who you kind of be stupid to pass up on. Yeah, there's really <laughs> there's not that many teams in this league. Like, let's say even if you were like a no, I wouldn't say Patrick Mahomes. I'm trying to think. I mean, Green Bay's already done it. I'm trying to think of a team who's very solid at quarterback um, and could be for like two or three years, but you know they haven't. I'm just saying, like, you could even have a quarterback that you are 100%, you know, content with. But if Trevor Lawrence is there, you are looking at your organization and saying, hey, can we draft this guy? And, and you know, normally a team that's picking number one overall doesn't have a quarterback they're content with. But um, it's just, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, and it would nobody in that pick is going to pass him up. You know, either some either that person is taking him or somebody's trading into that spot to take him. Because that's just how good he is. Um, let's keep rolling. That's good shit. That's good shit. Black Solutions, Mr. Roscoe's. Do the 49ers add a DB in free agency or the draft? Are there any free agent DBs SF should look at? Um, I, I feel like the 49ers are not going to be huge players in the free agent market um, because it's going to be tough. Um, 
But there are a lot of very good corner corner cornerbacks hitting the market this year. You've got just to roll through the names. You've got Patrick Peterson, uh, Richard Sherman, who obviously we know the 49ers probably aren't going to retain. DJ Hayden, Josh Norman, Logan Ryan, Jason McCourty, Brian Poole, Mackenzie Alexander, Quentin Dunbar, Jimmy Smith, Kevin Johnson, Terrence Mitchell, Mike Hilton, Mike David. Let me separate them by snap count. So you've got Terrence Mitchell, Ronald Darby, uh, Troy Hill. I don't know which Croc would be the one to tell me which one of these are are worth it and which ones aren't. William Jackson. But William there's Jackson? a ton. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, from the Bengals. Yeah. Um, Vernon Hargraves, Trey Herndon, Xavier Rhodes. Jackson kind of maybe getting overpaid, but he's not bad at all. But right. sometimes, like, especially if a guy like him hits free agency, um, they tend to get a lot of money. And that's a tough thing when dealing with cornerbacks. You're really better off kind of drafting the corner and <laughs> just hope he plays well because if you have to go to free agency to get a good cornerback, you're gonna you're gonna pay big money. We've seen it right with the the Jets signing Tremaine Johnson, you know, and then kind of how that turned out, or uh uh Malcolm Butler uh signing with the Titans, where he's kind of been up and down, right? Like I just feel like free agency, unless it was like Darrell Revis and he was just kind of making his own way with how he wanted to do things. I don't think it's ever really well. Stephon Gilmore, that was kind of a rare occurrence, but I don't think it's ever really just worth the money like that to sign a free agent cornerback. And if you do like get a guy like a low end free agent corner, then you're probably going to deal with a lot of the same stuff that you deal with if you were to just keep a Keller Witherspoon. Like you know what I'm saying? Well, and we we haven't really mentioned him yet, but you got Jason Verrett, who is going to be an unrestricted free agent, who I do feel like the 49ers are going to want to bring back. So um, it's, you know, I, I don't see the 49ers being huge players in free agent market, period. Um, but somebody like Jason Verrett, who's already proven that, you know, he's back to a, a place where he can play the position pretty well, uh, I think that they'll be able to bring him back. But I don't know. I just, I don't think they're going to have a whole lot of money to, to dabble in the 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 cornerback market, which like Croc said, gets very, very expensive. He did say D, DBs though. So that could mean safety. Um, but I, I do think, feel like if the 49ers are going to add a, a prominent DB, I do, uh, it's going to, I do feel like it's going to be in the draft probably more likely than through free agency. Right. Not so, if you um, take our approach and trade up, you're going to miss out on probably. You're, you're going to miss out on a lot. They don't have a third. Um, and then they'll probably end up being like a next year first or something like that. So they'll probably, but but if Robert Sala gets a head coaching job, then all of a sudden the 49ers have two third round picks. So is that kicking in? Is that taking into effect this year? I think so. I think so. I can look it up while we're we're talking. Yeah. Head coach, third round pick NFL. You know, we'll look it, we'll look it up. I'm not going to, more obviously not going to. Pause the show. NFL approved plan to reward team with draft picks for developing minority coaches and GMs. I mean, so, so when does it take effect, though? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at here. I don't know if it if like the last sentence says when this takes effect, but I don't know. It might it might be immediately, but we'll 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 dig more up on this. Let's let's move on to the next question. Christian Jordan at c underscore Jordan underscore thirteen. Since Zach Wilson's draft top. 
draft stock seems to be rising out of the 49ers range. What are your thoughts on Trey Lance in Kyle Shanahan's system? Crocker, this question is made for you. Take it. All right. Well, first I want Grab to say- Grab the mic, B-Rabbit. Let's go. All right. First, I want to say nobody's out of range if you want him, right? I went on a rant today and I talked about how um, several teams moved up. Like, okay, so when the Rams won at Jared Goff, they moved up from 15 to 1. So, you know, when in that same draft, the Eagles moved up to 12 to 8 to 2. So, you know, from 12 to 2. So, yeah, one team moved from 15 to 1, other team 12 to 2. Uh, we've also seen, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs move up from 27 to 10. And the Houston Texans move up from 25 to 12. So, Nobody is really out of range if you're willing to give up what a team is asking for. All right, so I'll get that out of the way first. But as far as Trevor Lance, I mean, Trevor Lance, I'm doing that again, right? Trey Lance, uh, I I actually, okay, so this is how I kind of broke down the guy. Because somebody asked me, like, hey, does he remind you of, like, Colin Kaepernick? And how does he fit in the offense? Trey Lance, in my opinion, actually fits what Kyle wants to do very well. And I think he would do well in the offense. Obviously, like that's a projection. Uh, he adds a he adds a more like you know running aspect to it with his read option and power uh, run ability. But he is a passer first, and I and he plays a lot out of shot uh, out of under, from under center. He's comfortable with turning his back to a defense and making a throw and quick decisions. He is accurate, but it's hard to tell if he's just accurate because accurate or if his first reads open more times than not. But he makes tough throws. He has a big arm, so he helps what the 49ers have been lacking, which throwing the ball down the field. Um, they haven't been very good at that. He helps with that for sure. Um, and obviously his ability to make plays off script and be able to like use his arm strength. Like it is really good. So he fits well. Now, when I look at you know the difference, why am I so sold on Zach Wilson? But uh, you know, I'm not as high on Lance, who I am high on. He's my third quarterback ahead of Justin Fields. Um I just think it, it reminds me of like the Chiefs going from Alex Smith, who is, I guess, I mean, I'm not comparing Lance to Alex Smith, but, you know, Lance is more of he's going to do what Kyle asks, right? I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And he can do that. And it looks like he has the potential to do that at a, high, at a solid level. Wilson is somebody that can do things a little more off script. He plays well within the com- context of an offense as well, but he just... I think he puts a little bit more pressure on the defense, being able to like move around well in the pocket, uh, step up and throw from without his feet being set. Like his feet doesn't have to be set to make certain throws. It's real, and I saw Daniel Jeremiah uh, make this comparison. It's kind of real, Aaron Rodgers, right? It's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. So um, definitely, man. You, I, I think Trey Lance fits, and I think he will be a better fit than what the 49ers have right now. And I think he could take that offense to a higher level for sure. Well, not for sure, but, you know, as far as my projections go. Uh, I wouldn't mind Trey Lance at all. I mean, that's another guy who, you know, shoes because the Panthers are sitting at four, and I just, they're going to take a quarterback, I would think. So um, you kind of want to get up there maybe with the Jets or the Bengals, and if you like Trey Lance as much as you like Zach Wilson, then trade up to three where the Bengals are, and um, you just guarantee you get one of the three with, Trey Lance, uh, you know, uh, Zach Wilson, and uh, uh, Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. I didn't even remember oh, okay. Justin Fields. I'm kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Because you're, yeah, he's like your fourth now. 
Yeah, I don't know about. I don't know. Yeah, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, okay, that's good shit. Jet McKinnon, CPOY, another regular in the pod, always in the questions at CPOY Jet. Um, I mean, I, this is with all due respect, it may be time to change that Twitter handle. <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, I, I'm a big Jet McKinnon fan. He spent a lot of time on my fantasy football team, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's the comeback player of the year. So that might, that seems like that's firmly in the hands of Alex Smith. Yeah, definitely. And Varel um, was like kind of making the case for it, but nah, Alex Smith, I mean, that story. Have you seen Project 11? I haven't. I have not. Oh, yeah, it's I'll pretty see it. I'll see it. I'll see it. I just I watched it like maybe two weeks ago with my son. Um, okay. So, yeah, you see that, and it's like, yeah, nah, he's getting he's getting it. Like, there's no, right. nobody else. Has a <laughs> the dude almost died, so. Um, yeah, no, literally, like, his wife was like, like, one, not just died. Like, yeah, like, the, the doctor said, you know, we're at the point right now where we have to save his life and try to save his leg, but saving his life is more of a priority. Of course. Like, it was it was to that extent. And then his wife was just like, you guys got to do what you got to do with his leg. Like, cut it off. Where his wife was telling them to cut his leg off. Right, because she would rather have a, have a husband and a father to her children without right. one leg than not have one at all. But. Right, so no, nah, it's is the yeah, no, nah, he's he's winning, he's winning. Come back. <laughs> All right, all respect to Sherman for his leadership on and off the field, but should the Niners roll with Verrett and Mosley slash Spoon? Also, with Spoon playing primarily because Eman was coming off of a hammy. Uh, oh, was Spoon playing primarily because Eman was coming off of a hammy? Um, well, first of all, every name that you just mentioned there, I do not believe that Richard Sherman is coming back. Um. But you mentioned should the Niners roll with Jason Verrett, Emmanuel Mosley, slash Michaela Witherspoon. All of them are free agents after this year. So it's not that I don't think that they should roll with them, but I don't think they're all coming back. If if you if you if I pick two, I'd probably think Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley. But um I don't know, man. Uh, yes, a, a Witherspoon did come in because Emmanuel Mosley was kind of just coming off a heavy, and uh, maybe there was a little bit of the 49ers wanting to see what Witherspoon could do. Um, you know, there was there was probably a little bit of both in there. They, they wanted to see what Witherspoon could do again because obviously that's their draft pick, and he's flashed before, and it's just inconsistent. So. And he played well. I mean, I want to say – I don't okay. know I in front of me how many times he was targeted, but – I want to say five times, and he gave up one catch. It might have been targeted six times. Uh, gave up one catch for 10 yards. I don't remember him giving up anything else. So it was just that one slant that he gave up for like 10 yards. Outside of that, he was targeted a good amount. And nope, nope, not not much. Right. Well, I mean, if, if you're a corner and you didn't get burned, then you had a good game. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I guess you obviously you can go back and look at the reps. And if you were getting tore up and they were just missing them, then that's one thing. But all right. Um, Sumanth at Sumanth G10. If the 49ers go to the quarterback route in the draft, I think it would be a good idea to draft two quarterbacks. For example, Zach Wilson in the first and maybe some more developmental project in the third or fourth. What are your thoughts and who would be good candidates in your view? It's a good question, but I haven't dug into the quarterbacks enough 
to, to where I, I would know of the options that are going to be available and worth it in the third or fourth round. But I will say one thing, if the 49ers do pick a quarterback in the third or the fourth round, and let's say that they happen to trade up just to make sure that they get him in the third or the fourth round, don't spend the next four years going, oh, well, they traded up for this quarterback. And they he's don't know how to evaluate talent. Right. Just, God, man. Or Kyle <laughs> don't know how to develop quarterbacks. <laughs> right. Because, um, you know, they, they gave up a sixth-round pick to move up like five spots to get C.J. Beathard. So, obviously, he thought he was the future, and he was wrong because Kyle can't develop quarterbacks. But, right. anyways, yeah. what were you going to say, Croc? There are some guys um, late, right? Now, if you have to trade up for a quarterback, then no, I don't see them. I don't see them trading up for a quarterback, using draft capital to do that, and drafting another quarterback because now you're kind of shorthand-handed with your uh, your picks. Unless you get those two third-round picks, then that's different. But um, yeah, I, I can't. I can't really see them doing that. But now, if they stay pat at wherever they're picking. Say they get, you know, they're picking eighth or ninth or whatever, and they draft Trey Lance at that spot. Um, then at that point, yeah, nah, I definitely could see them possibly loading up, you know, using a fourth round or a fifth round on somebody like Brock Purdy or, you know, uh, what's his name, Morgan or whatever, the the Minnesota quarterback. Uh, there are some quarterbacks that kind of went into the season with a lot of hype, but it just didn't pan out for one reason or another. Uh, another guy, Ian Brooke from Notre Dame. He's a guy that's a little interesting. They doubled up with uh, RG3 and Kirk Cousins and rolled with those two guys for the year. You know, and they were both rookies and they still, and they end up going to the playoffs. So I could, you know, I wouldn't put it past them, especially with knowing who's on the roster right now. I mean, you got Beathard, you can't trust him to play over Nick Mullins. And you got Nick Mullins who just got Tommy John surgery. So um, they're going to have to figure out a long-term solution. Obviously it helps if you're able to keep Garoppolo and you still draft a quarterback high, I, I don't think you need to draft somebody mid to late round. No, I mean, I, I think that if you're going to – I always like the idea of having, you know, a veteran guy as a backup. There's so many guys who have played a lot of quarterback in this league that are well-regarded that obviously, like every other backup, you're okay with starting one or two games. Um, but that could provide a lot of useful knowledge to a brand-new quarterback, you know, like – I'm trying to think of, of who some of those names would be. Like, for example, I don't know what he's going to do, but Alex Smith, let's say that, you know, this was his last like starting role, you know, maybe I don't know where he goes after this. I mean, obviously he's still a pretty good quarterback. Maybe another team gives him a chance to start if he doesn't stick around in Washington. But if, if somebody like that was to be had at a reasonable price, then that would be an incredible backup because yeah. not you have a guy who's a class act, who's a good, pretty good quarterback and who can bestow a lot of information and knowledge onto a new quarterback who that team considers. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know what, man? I'm, I'm not really – I just watched him against the 49ers, and and that was ugly. I'm talking about a backup quarterback, Croc. They're I all going to be ugly. A backup, but that's what he was supposed to be this year, like for Washington, a backup. And he ended up having to play, and it was ugly. Like, I mean, and obviously, like, and I watched other games. His numbers might have looked good, but I was watching the games like they weren't really pretty. Like he can stay in Washington. Like that's how. I, <laughs> well, I'd rather, you can. I'd rather have, and I know, and I've heard this name float around, and I know this guy is kind of prone to maybe turn the ball over and stuff like that. But we also saw kind of some high level that he can play, especially if he, if you're talking about hey, you got to come in for one or two games. I'm going with Fitzpatrick. 
hey, I, I would be, and I would be on board with that too. I wasn't saying that Alex Smith was you my only want, option. You don't want Fitzpatrick having to play a bunch of snaps either because then, you know, he has some weird up and down games. It but if does, you're saying like, or, you know, you're going to come in and, you know, you're just, you know, if somebody gets banged up or something, you have to come in for a couple games. That's much better than Mullins coming in. So yeah, you can right. you can do much more with your offense. Really smart guy, understands everything. He's just a gunslinger. He's going to try to fit passes into uh, tight windows and kind of like Brett Favre style, but not being Brett Favre. <laughs> Brett Favre style without the Brett Favre. I mean, yeah. but with the gunslinger. Yeah. So I mean, no, that's that's a yeah. I like that too. And and there's a few other options like that that I feel like if the 49ers are going to draft a brand spanking new quarterback, a young guy, try and have somebody with some experience um, alongside him in the locker room that doesn't expect to be the starter, but at least has a lot of experience and a, no- a lot of knowledge that he can he can you know help him with, but. It, sometimes it doesn't always work out like that. So, right. all right, let's let's keep rolling. We got Nathan at Nath B Lightning. Oh, I like that. Nath B Lightning. Four. Would you take Malik Hooker on a one-year deal to prove a one-year prove-it deal, similar to Jason Verrett, and move Ward to strong safety? Um, I'm not moving Jimmy Ward anywhere because he's been playing pretty good. He still needs to get some damn turnovers, but he's been playing good. Um. Uh, so if, if the contingency of signing Malik Hooker is moving Jimmy Ward, then I would say no. And Malik Hooker has, you know, he struggled. I was huge on him coming out of the draft, but he struggled a lot with injuries. Uh, I don't know what his status is going to be. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? You got any thoughts on that there, Croc? Yeah, like I'm over the whole like really kind of signing guy, especially like if you're utilizing like money, good money. On the guy, and I don't know what Hooker will, you know, get on the free agent market. But I mean, 49ers are just banged up, and it seems like a lot of guys are banged up. Are guys that tend to get banged up? So I would just kind of like be a little cautious um, of someone that has had an injury history. Now I know he tore the ACL. I don't know outside of that, but I feel like I never hear his name or see him making plays. So I don't know if he's just, you know, out there. And obviously, we haven't watched too many, or I haven't watched too many Colt games, but. Uh, I he he's been hurt. He only played seven percent of the snaps this year. Oh wow, yeah. So I would stay away from Hooker. Um, I think there are in, in other... all aspects of life, guys. Stay away from Hooker <laughs> in in, uh, in all aspects. Yeah, I, I think there there are other healthier uh, options that maybe aren't big splash, you know, signings at safety, but you know, somebody that can play well, like an Eric Reed or something, you know, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jeremiah Bollinger at jbowl 22 If the Niners decide to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo, is there any chance, there's always a chance, if there any chance the Patriots want him back and would deal Gilmore in a deal for him? Um, I do feel like, I, I feel like the odds of Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's not on the 49ers next year, the odds of him being on the Patriots are very good. <laughs> I just feel like that would be like the easy favorite, especially in like betting and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go because uh, with Jimmy G's trade clause, he has to agree to where he's being traded to. Um, so there's that. Obviously, it would have to be somewhere that he wants to go. Are they going to include somebody like Stefan Gilmore in a deal for him? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They're paying him a lot of money. Maybe they want to get rid of that contract. I, I don't know. 
But there has been some grumblings coming out, you know, about the whole Stephon Gilmore situation in that he was kind of on the trade, um, on the trade block, you know, before the deadline and everything like that. So I t- I I usually think that there's some kind of like, you know, smoke to that fire. So right, not yeah. I, would do it. I mean, that's a huge contract. So, no, yeah. If you told me like, hey, Eric, you can trade Jimmy for Gilmore straight up, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I, I don't, I'm not sure. See, and maybe there is some side of the Patriots that would do that. Because, be, but at the same time, if the 49ers, if a large reason the 49ers are trading G, Jimmy G is because of salary cap reasons, you're not really going to get much relief from Stefan Gilmore because I believe he's being paid almost as much as Jimmy Garoppolo. His cap yeah. number this year was $24 million. His cap, His cap number next year drops down to 16.4. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I mean, a little you, more manageable you, there. You gain eight million dollars. Well, and, um, and there may be some. I know that there's there's signing bonus and prorated bonuses and stuff that goes into that. So you could actually be getting the player for cheaper than kind of face value because the I believe that the team that signed the player is is obligated to to those signing bonuses. Um, so there it could be cheaper than that. And it, it also, could be what cheaper. that would do. Also, what that would do, and obviously, you know, this is a hypothetical situation, but you kind of save, I don't want to say you save money, like, obviously, you net $8 million from the, you know, whole Garoppolo, uh, you know, deal, you know, trading off the the $24 million for $16 million. But you also, quote unquote, gain money because now you don't re-sign like a Jason Verrett. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's 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 money that we kind of assume is going one place that no longer needs to go there and can go towards you know that kind of deal. Right. So I, I think overall, like that would be like a a big win for the 49ers to get somebody that plays at his level with his versatility and kind of kill two birds with one stone. Really. Well, you go from Richard Sherman to uh, to Stephon Gilmore, <laughs> like. You know, and then and then you'd you'd realize the okay, let's we can get Jason Brett back. We know we can get Emmanuel Mosley back very easily. Um, so I think the Niners would feel pretty good about that. It's a, definitely an interesting situation. Um, and I think that just given the way their contracts are built, given the situation between both teams, I feel like that is pretty close. Normally I it, it does I don't feel like straight up player trades are very common, you know, because one side always feels like they need a little extra. But, I mean, just looking at that at a surface level, I feel like that could be like a straight-up trade. Like, hey, you you take Jimmy, we'll take Stephon Gilmore. They both are due a lot of money, but we can both use both players, and boom, you're rolling. You know, like... And if you are the 49ers and you do that, you definitely want to have some kind of something solidified with a, a plan for a quarterback, right? Like, cause you, you don't want to get course, rid of, of Jimmy and not have like, well, okay, we're picking 12th. We'll see what goes on. Like you definitely want to be like, all right, we're willing to trade him, but Hey, let's, uh, let's get Fitzpatrick and we're going all in on, on, a, on, a, on a rookie quarterback that we'll get and we can bring him along slow. But in the process, we gain cap space. We gain a true number one corner. And, you know, we're able to, you know, bring back other guys. I, I mean, shoot, I don't – that would be, like, the most ideal. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sign me up. Hypothetical situation, but that, that, would, right. that would really help the 49ers a lot. I know. I know. And, but, it, again, I, and I usually don't get – don't even entertain stuff that I feel like is is kind of like, you know, dream scenarios. Like and, 
Right. I, I haven't, you guys right. haven't heard me talk about Stafford because I don't even know. It's like, is he available? Is he, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't even give him much thought, but you know, he brought up a hypothetical situation there and it's like, yeah, that Gilmore for uh, Garoppolo, that would make a lot of sense. Right. And, and, and it's something that seems plausible. The 49ers and the Patriots have done a lot of business together. Both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are friends with Bill Belichick. Um, the reason that the, that the 49ers got Jimmy G in the first place is because Bill Belichick straight up called up the 49ers and was like, hey, do you want Jimmy G? And, and they gave it to, gave him to him for, for what I still feel like was a bargain. You know, it's just a single second round pick. So um, oh, One more thing, too. Um, also, I think it'll work because J.C. Jackson is scheduled to be a free agent. And ideally, you're not going to pay two corners like that much money, ideally. Right. So if you are able to get Gilmore's contract off your books, gain a quarterback in the process. And now you can put some money towards J.C. Jackson, who is, you know, like, what I don't know how many interceptions he has, but he's made plays and he's been very good and versatile for them. I feel like it's kind of a perfect deal. I need to call John Lynch and say, hey, you need to call uh, uh, Belichick. And because look how this makes sense for both teams. It really makes a ton of sense for both teams. It does. It does. I like it. Hey, I think they would much rather Jeremiah Bollinger. Good question, bro. You've got the good yeah. question, good scenario seal of approval on this one. So good stuff. Yeah, that's it's definitely interesting. Now we're going to spend four months talking about it. Right. Rick Powell at Rick Powell 0692416601 with the last question of the day. How far would you go in the trade up for Zach Wilson? Say we end up with the 10th overall pick. Would you? Would that be worth two firsts and two seconds to trade up? I think so because the guy, the guy is dynamic as fuck. Hey, parents, don't get mad at me. That's what he said. I'm just quoting it. Um, you know, dynamic as f. Okay, um, or as the kids would say it these days, dynamic af. <laughs> now, um, if 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 the if the offer to get it done, the official like, okay, we're moving up. Was two first and two seconds? Yes, I would do it. If if I knew that everything that 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 he was going to be there, well, okay. There is if you're talking about number two, there is needing there is no needing to know he's going to be there. It's either Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. So you're not going to you know there's not going to be a problem there. Um, yes, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. Crocker, what do you think? Yeah, I'm doing it um, because and I think sometimes we think of like oh two first two seconds. But you also gain a first. So it's kind of like you're just giving up one. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the next year. Right, because yeah, the, the swap, the trade. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times when you just hear like, oh, what they use to move up, oh, it's two firsts and two seconds. And you're just thinking like, damn, four picks. But really, it's yeah, it's uh, you know, it would be basically one first round pick that you lose out on, which will be the following year, and two firsts. And I think like, you know, after next year, you won't even think about those picks. You know, after the, you know, after the 2022 draft, you won't even think about those picks. You know what I'm no. saying? Like, and if and if the trade if the trade works out, then no one even if you gave up more than that. Let's say you gave up another second. You did two firsts and then three seconds, or you did, you know, let's even say it got real dramatic and they had to give up three firsts, like this year's that which, like Croc said, doesn't really count because you're swapping. And then the two first round picks in the two years prior, if Zach Wilson works out. Or whoever you're trading up for works out. No one's going to give a shit. No one's going to care that they gave those up. The only time people care 
Or they're like, well, hey, man, they gave up all this for, for so-and-so, and look how that worked out. You know, that's the only time anybody's ever going to care. Right. Obviously, there's a little bit of a limit. You don't want to, you know, sacrifice the future. at. For, but, again, the quarterback position in the NFL has so much sway that you, you would be tough to present me with a deal that if you were telling me it was for a quarterback that was like the guy – you would be, it would be tough for you to present me with a deal that I would not accept because, you know, it would just have to be ridiculous. But that's it. That's the mailbag. That's it. I, those were some really good questions. Yeah, that was fun. I, I, yeah, I felt like we just cruised through that, and every question had us engaged in, and moving. So good shit, guys. Good shit. Um, Crocker, obviously we've had a conversation about – the, the Cardinals already. We know what they bring to the table. Is there anything about the 49ers Cardinals game on Saturday that you feel like is, I don't know, just worth, worth talking about. I mean, is it, is CJ Beathard the only new aspect of that game that we feel like we don't have a grasp on? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the, just the main thing, right? Guys have been wanting to see him. Kyle has said that he's not ready. Um, Something tells me, like, he's probably going to come in and play well. But he's been a turnover machine, too. So it's kind of more of the same. Again, low expectations. And and I've said what I'm watching these games for, you know. Okay, here's the biggest storyline I have. Does he continue to get Ayuk the ball? <laughs> you know, that's all I'm watching for. <laughs> Other than that. But, like, hey, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Um, we need three more catches or four more catches from Kendrick Bourne. Oh, Yeah. Is three, it three or three four? more? I want to say three more gets him to forty-five. Okay, and then you're a hundred dollars richer, right? Yeah, a hundred dollars richer. I'm gonna go get my. Uh, Oops, uh, Sorry if that was loud. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I need that. Um. Okay. He's at forty-three right now, bro. He needs two. Ooh. I'm in the money. I yeah, because that, that last one, that that hail mary for a touchdown. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, one game so, away. Yeah, Kendrick wow. needs forty-two. Needs two more receptions. He needs forty-five, and Crocker wins a hundred bucks. So, if you're looking for our compelling storyline from the 49ers versus Cardinals on Saturday, it's not C.J. Beathard. It's not Brandon Ayuk. It's can Kendrick Bourne catch two passes and seal that deal? Yeah, that's what it all comes down to. I mean. Last week against the the Eagles, the Cardinals had a really good game. Kyler Murray went off. He completed uh, 75 of his passes for 406 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. He also rushed for 30 yards and a touchdown, um, put my fantasy team away in spectacular fashion. I was uh, competing to go to the playoffs. My, the guy I was playing against had Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. So Kyler Murray – had what I just said, 406 yards, three touchdowns, one on, and then another on the ground. And then DeAndre Hopkins had nine catches for 169 yards and a touchdown. So just those two players right there pretty much put my fantasy team away. Um, so, and and the one thing, if I would like to see the 49ers, this time they're playing the Cardinals, account for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, play aggressive, get in his face, make him make decisions, um, possible reroutes. Don't leave him wide open. Make sure that he is accounted for every second of every snap. Um, that doesn't mean, obviously, that he's never going to catch anything. But 
just there were some really weird things that happened the first time when the 49ers played in the Cardinals to start the season where you were losing track of a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and you just can't allow that to happen because he's going to get the ball every single time that happens. They're always looking to throw the ball to D-Hop. Right. So if you're going to just leave him uncovered or do a poor job covering him, then then there's that. It was really um, soft coverage like, for the entire game. I mean, 14 catches. Like, that's kind of ridiculous. Right. So I'm trying to think of some of the other things that happened in that first game that we should really consider. When, late, hits, in this late hits on Kyler Murray with his late slides. Um, that kept a couple of drives going. Right. And it was, and the, the big thing here is, and I, I should, I owe it to you guys to have known this already. I should already know this, but I believe the 49ers beating the Cardinals has some pretty serious playoff implications for them. Um, I don't know exactly what it is. I shouldn't have the standings in, in front of me, but um, the 49ers, and here, this is a big thing we talked about yesterday when we were talking about why George Kittle should play and stuff like that. But the 49ers are finishing their season against the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So whatever's going on, the Seahawks in, let me see, does this have division? The Sea, yeah, see, and this has a huge deal. The Seahawks are one game ahead of the Rams, but every single team in the NFC West is two and two in the division. So the 49ers beating the Seahawks could push them below the Rams. The 49ers beating the Cardinals could also push them. I don't, I don't, I think the, the 49ers beating the Cardinals would affect their wild card seating more than the division. But the 49ers over the next two weeks against the Cardinals and the Seahawks can really mess with some teams here. You know, I think the Seahawks are guaranteed a playoff spot at this point. I think they might have already secured it. Yeah, that's but, why um, uh, Jamal Allen can, was so excited in the press conference. Right, but you can. Well, and he's probably never. Has he ever been to a playoff? No, that's what he was saying. Like, right. he was like, yeah, like I know you guys are used to this, but this is new to me. <laughs> like, he was, right. like, he was all excited. So he's. They know they're going to the playoffs, but the 49ers can really fuck with some seating here because the division is all real close as far as division records, and 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 they could move some stuff around. And I know that nothing would please the big thing with me and and why you play George Kittle. Another huge thing is. Like, if the 49ers ended this year with everything that's happened, they just somehow, by some miracle, ended up ended up ending the year with a win over the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Like, they might not be in the playoffs, but they're gonna. This team's gonna be in a pretty good mood heading heading in for the season. You know, you're just ending on a high note. You know, fucking things up for your division. That's you know, there's something to be said about that. So, while I know a lot of you guys are probably finding reasons or needing reasons to tune in. You probably want to check out, um, you know, it, it could still be very interesting. So, and hey, if CJ Beathard gets hurt, then y'all get to see Josh Rosen play, who some of you guys are way too excited to watch, to that are then way too excited that he's on the team. Yeah. There's there's not a lot going on there. So, so don't get too excited. Is there anything else about this Cardinals game that we need to highlight? I'm kind of just looking through it. I don't know. There's not a whole lot the 49ers have going on right now, but we'll see if George Kittle plays. Keep an eye on, on that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And if that's the case, I know that when C.J. Beathard did play, 
Um, obviously, he's been playing with George Kittle since college, so those two can have a pretty good connection right off the bat if George Kittle does play. But again, he's going to get two two balls to Kendrick Bourne. And then um, make sure that you feed Brandon Ayuk. Feed him. Yep. Kendrick Bourne and Ayuk. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then some to George Kittle if he plays. But yeah. be careful because he could get hurt. I don't even – I mean, why are you even throwing him the ball? <laughs> that, that means somebody has to tackle him. Right. So, I don't even I – mean, 49ers shouldn't even take the field. They don't – they can't make the playoffs anyway. So, why are they even taking the field? Somebody could get hurt. <laughs> Anyways, that's my last shot at you weirdos who think that stuff. Um, you got any, any parting thoughts there, Croc? Nah, man. That's it. Good pod. Appreciate all the questions. Y'all are solid. But, hey – that's it. I wish all of you listening right now a very, very Merry Christmas. I hope you're getting to spend some time with your family and your loved ones. Um, just enjoy this time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year. I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas trees. I love the atmosphere. I love the, the colder weather. So I hope you guys are out there enjoying yourselves um, and being, like I said, being able to spend time with your loved ones. Uh, make sure that you, you cherish that because you never know. Make sure you cherish everything you got. Um, and just like I cherish you guys for listening to this podcast, helping us uh, grow and, uh, and make it into something greater than it is. I appreciate you guys. But for another episode, we will see you guys on Saturday. You guys will hear us Sunday morning, but we will see you guys on Saturday after the Cardinals game. We'll be on here giving you our instant reaction and that should be published on Sunday, I believe. So do you want to try to go live? Do you want to try to go live after the game? And just record the like pod that way. Yeah, dude, I'm down. Like, Why not? You know, just kind of mix it up a little bit, interact with everybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. So, hey, be on the lookout for some possible liveness. But for another episode, this is Striking Gold. Signing out. Peace.